essentially having the same effect as if you were eating a bunch of junk food on a regular basis. And this is kind of what's happening in your body just by being exposed to all of these cell phones, Wi-Fi. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 121 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee tuning in from Las Vegas today, and I have my sister Lauren here. What's up? Tuning in from Maryland. Hi, friends. It looks so pretty there. I love all the green in the back window. It is green, <laughs> sort of. The nice fall weather. Fall. Mom said yesterday, she's like, this is a messy time of year because <laughs> there's just leaves everywhere, but it's really oh, pretty. <laughs> I miss that. We don't get any of that here in Vegas. Oh, Sorry. well, come <laughs> visit. Come visit for the leaves. Yes. Hopefully <laughs> soon. Awesome. All right. Well, we are going to be bringing on a guest for you today. We have Arthur Menard from Lambs. This is our go-to EMF protective clothing brand. You've probably seen us posting pictures wearing our shirts and our beanies, especially when we're flying. When I am in an airplane, that is my number one time. I definitely want to be protected from radiation. So it's been really helpful there. So you're probably familiar with the dangers of EMFs. We have talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, and we've given you some good strategies, but we really think clothing is the next best thing that we should be doing because it's going to protect your body everywhere you go. So even if you're in an apartment building that has 30 Wi-Fi signals, or you're out and about and you're walking past a cell tower, right? If you're, ha- if you're wearing that clothing, it's going to be protecting you much better than just trying to shield every single device in the area. (laughs) That is nearly impossible. So the lamb's clothing is pretty awesome. Arthur, he's the founder and CEO. He is great. He's definitely a fellow biohacker. He's so passionate about health and wellness and creating this business is, I think it's been like a passion project. It sounds like for him, but it's helping so many people around the world. And he has some great testimonials and stories He also shares with us the science behind what EMFs are doing to our body, you know, the oxidative stress issue, the biggest health concerns we're seeing. Um, We'll definitely link to some excellent research in the show notes today. So if you want to dive deeper into that rabbit hole, we'll definitely guide you on how to do that. Yeah. And I'm feeling extra pumped today because I have my lambs t-shirt on. So this is I guess one of my safest podcasts ever because I am shielded from EMS right now. And I think that's sort of the key distinction between this and other EMF blocking technologies. We post a lot about Defender Shield and we had Daniel Devon on our show last year and we love their product line. It's amazing. They have like the laptop shield, the fanny pack that I take everywhere with me, the phone cases, really, really important for protecting yourself from your devices. But like Renee said, there's a lot of power in just protecting your body from this stuff coming in. So I live in New York city and it's like, when I open my Wi-Fi networks, there's 30 plus options for networks to connect to. So no matter how much I protect my devices, I'm still being bombarded by all of these signals. 
So what LAMS has done is uh, said, you know, we really have to go in and shield our body because it's impossible to kind of cut off all of this noise out there. And if your body is protected, that's really like the best armor that you can have. So I feel really good in this t-shirt. I'm already shopping to see what I want to buy everything in their line. The company is growing really quickly. I remember when they first came out, they just had like the boxer briefs for men. And now they have t-shirts, they have beanies, they have stuff for women, for babies. The link to fertility is really, really incredible. You'll learn more about that in the episode. And yeah, he's just really awesome doing really awesome things in the world. And we would love for you to share this education on EMFs because he kind of goes into why this research is not spreading as quickly as maybe it should. Um, The research is definitely there and we just need to spread this information to protect ourselves, protect our loved ones. And I think you're going to really enjoy Arthur. Yeah, definitely spread the word and especially anything with fertility, get those boxer briefs, get the cheeky underwear. We got to protect. And then for the pregnant women, there's a belly band, which is so, so cool. Get the belly band. Yeah. We got to protect future generations. So he's doing the work. Great. So like I said before, so Arthur Menard, he is the founder and CEO of LAMS, the health enhancing tech apparel. For over 15 years, Arthur has been obsessed by optimizing his health and wellness. While monitoring what he was putting inside his body, Arthur realized that what he was exposing his body to also had a big impact. Lambs was born to solve this and to inspire people like you to live healthier lives. Arthur holds a master's degree in engineering and biology, is a Forbes 30 under 30, and has been featured in publications such as Men's Health, GQ, The New Yorker, and more. And make sure you check out the website this week because they're going to be having big Black Friday sales. So we have Thanksgiving in just a few days. So check out the sales online. Also make sure you use code biohackerbabes at checkout. That'll get you an extra discount on your order. Oh yeah, this is definitely going into my shop. I mean, I've already done some shopping and I'm going to shop some more Black Friday. If there's anything that's going to go at the top of my list is certainly is EMF protecting clothing and devices. So get in there while you can. Yeah. Perfect Christmas gifts too. get, get started. All right. Let's bring Arthur on. Welcome Arthur to the biohacker babes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks Renee. Super excited to be here. Yeah. We have been counting down the days for this podcast. We are huge fans of lambs and the clothing. So we can't wait to share that with our listeners today, but just a brief intro about EMFs for everyone listening. So we have talked about the dangers of EMFs very briefly and some strategies of what we can do to protect ourselves, you know, things like using a cell phone case and turning off your Wi-Fi router when you're sleeping. But at the end of the day, these EMFs are everywhere, right? We can't avoid them unless we just move to the middle of nowhere and get rid of all of our electronics. So that's where the clothing I think is really awesome, right? We're like actually protecting our whole body from all these external stressors that are impacting our health. But for anyone listening that's not totally sold on the idea that EMFs are a problem, or like maybe they don't even know what that is, let's start with the basics. What are EMFs and what are the biggest impacts we're seeing with our health from this exposure? Yeah, that's uh, well, that's a that's a very broad question, but yeah, let's start with EMF. <laughs> we can, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so EMFs stand for electromagnetic frequencies or electromagnetic fields, and they're also referred to as wireless radiation. They're essentially the way that our devices are communicating with one another 
especially uh, when uh, linked to the internet. So your cell phone is communicating with cell towers using EMF. Your Wi-Fi is communicating with your computer uh, using EMF. And any connected devices like your car, um, any smart home appliances, your Alexa or Google um, or Google Home, et cetera, all of these are connected either via Wi-Fi or via Bluetooth. And that's how they are able to communicate with one another. So that's why EMF are so ubiquitous today, because we went from having one brick of a cell phone in the 90s uh, that you'd carry in your backpack and uh, turn on twice a week. Uh, <laughs> emergencies for, only. For yeah. emergencies, exactly. <laughs> um, to now a world where everything is connected and, and everything is communicating with one another. So all of these devices are emitting radi wireless radiation. These radiation are different from nuclear radiation, which are called ionizing radiation. These are powerful enough to go and knock out electrons from your DNA straight away and, and cause direct damage. But um, these wireless radiation are still uh, impacting your health in a different way. So they're closer to the same, uh, they're, they're actually the same uh, type of radiation that you have in your microwave. And there's a good reason why your microwave has a Faraday cage inbuilt to prevent the radiation from getting outside of this microwave. And the mechanism of harm of those radiation has been debated for a very long time. But at 30 years, more than 30 years now into the research of the impact of wireless radiation, we're starting to finally understand why uh, wireless radiation are impacting our body. And it all stems from uh, oxidative stress. And I'm happy to get down uh, into that rabbit hole if you if you guys uh, yeah I think that's want. a great segue to jump into um, we've talked about oxidative stress and how that impacts aging and yeah shortens our longevity but yeah let's jump into that explain that a little bit more yeah so I'll uh, I'll give you a little bit of context first uh, um, the very first studies that were done on wireless radiation health really started I mean with regards to your cell phone really started in the 90s when someone died from brain cancer and the tumor was right next to his ear where he was using his cell phone all the time. And that was the first case of someone and, and the significant other of that unfortunate person ended up pressing charges against the cell phone company that um, her husband was using, saying that this was due to the cell phone radiation. And the very first studies that were done were uh, trying to uh, link cell phone radiation and cancer, or um, the opposite. And a lot of the studies have been done on, a, on rather the end effect of wireless radiation, so cancer, fertility, a variety of, of, uh, of issues that were suspected to be associated with uh, wireless radiation, but never really on the mechanism. And that was the whole, uh, and that, that probably played quite well with... Uh, with regards to lobbying in the media, because then it was like, okay, so wireless radiation impacts your fertility, it impacts cancer, is it responsible for global warming as well? We're at it. Like it's, uh, it kind of sounded like, uh, like it's it that everything. thing that does everything, yeah, yeah. Uh, which sounds very much like conspiracy theory. So more recently, we've kind of figured out what the mechanism of harm is. And essentially, going back to the name EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, can impact a very specific gate in your cells called a voltage-gated calcium channel. 
So calcium is not only important in your body because it's uh, one of the things that build your bones, but also because it's a key messenger uh, inside your body. And one of the ways it penetrates the cells to to be a signaling molecule is via those gates that are voltage um, activated. So the moment wireless radiation are in contact with these gates from our cells, um, these gates open and let calcium flow inside the cells. And this triggers a variety, uh, a number of cascading reactions that start in your mitochondria. And the end result, the end product of these, all of these, uh, of all of these radiation um, reactions, sorry, is um, our free molecules that produce free radicals. Free radicals are at the root cause of oxidative stress, which is the, an imbalance between free radicals that are missing an electron and are trying to steal an electron from the amine molecules, and antioxidants who are able to give out an electron without becoming free radicals themselves. And yeah, so this is what's happening in our body when exposed to wireless radiation. We have an accelerated production of, uh, of free radicals, which uh, can favor a state of uh, oxidative stress in our body. And oxidative stress, which you've discussed it before, is at the root cause of aging, but also a number of today's modern diseases associated with age, such as uh, cancer, um, such as cardiovascular disease and neurological disorders like Parkinson, Alzheimer, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, um, the, it's not the only, I mean, obviously like uh, it's not because you've been exposed to, because you have your cell phone next to you for a few minutes that this is, uh, that you're going to develop cancer tomorrow. And it's far from being the only thing that produces oxidative stress in our body. Healthy eat, I mean, unhealthy eating, uh, not exercising, poor sleep, all of this can favor a state of oxidative stress as well. But obviously, this is one uh, additional factor that impacts our body and, and stresses down the, down the road. Yeah, interesting that you mentioned just the phone being by you. That alone is not going to give you cancer. But I, I hear that a lot as sort of an excuse for not avoiding EMFs is that, oh, this one thing's not going to give me <laughs> that much radiation, but we're being bombarded by it all the time. It's not just your yeah. phone, but everyone else's phone and all, you know, all the signals in the air. And I live in New York city, so I can do all of the blocking that I want to do. I have my laptop shield, my phone shield. I have necklaces. I have biogeometry. You know, it's like when I use my EMF meter, there's still signals coming in because no matter how much I do, there's still stuff all around us. So how do we get I'm just going to put the men on the hot seat. But like my boyfriend, Renee's husband, they're like, it can't be that bad, right? Like I'm going to sleep with my phone next to the bed. It can't be that bad. What is it doing to our organs? And is there a difference between men and women? Should, you know, one gender be more scared than the other? Actually, I yeah. just want you to scare everybody. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not ready at scaring people because I tend to <laughs> try and be reasonable. But I'll say one thing, though, which is it's not because it's one source of harm that it means that we can go ahead and forget about it and go live our lives with uh, cell phones glued to our head. I mean, there is uh, there's something called the compounding effect, which is the more uh, sources, the more sources of external stressors you have, the more sources of harm you have. Uh, the more these compound into bigger issues in the future. And the longer you're exposed to as well, uh, the more likely you are to develop, to, to end up developing something bad from, from the exposure or the bad habits that you have. So all I wanted to say is that for people who are eating healthy, who are watching what they're putting inside their body, 
this is probably something that they want to watch as well because it's essentially having the same effect as uh, if you were eating a bunch of junk food um, on a regular basis. And this is kind of what's happening in your body just by being exposed to all of these cell phones, Wi-Fi, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just for the side story about living in New York, so for us at the office, we have about 36 Wi-Fi signals that we're uh, that we're getting from our devices. So, oh, uh, oh my gosh! It's uh, it's it's it is literally everywhere, and so yeah. the impact on our on, on our organs is is a long term impact again. But oxidative stress is if is effectively destroying your cells and destroying your organs uh, long term, your your tissues and 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 damaging your your organs. The Best example of oxidative stress is to cut up, cut up an apple, let it sit on a counter. And when you see that apple becoming brown on the inside, that's an example of oxidation that is happening on the uh, exposed part of the, of the apple. Uh, that's essentially long-term what's happening in the body in, when, when being damaged by, by, by this oxidative stress. So it's We're not great. apples. <laughs> And uh, essentially, uh, and again, like the biggest concern with regards to exposure to wireless radiation uh, and the increased oxidative stress that there is are from the organs that are most exposed. So fertility issues, whether for men or women, uh, especially when having your cell phone in your pocket or in a handbag that might be close to uh, your ovaries um, as a woman, your heart, your heart, your breast from women as well, especially when it comes to, uh, to cancer and obviously uh, your brain when, um, when not using ported uh, headsets, but uh, using wireless headsets or putting your cell phone right against your ear, which also might yeah. be impacted by general Wi-Fi as well. The general rule of thumb is that the closer, uh, the closer you are to the source of exposure, the more uh, wireless radiation you're going to be exposed to. Um, and it's an exponential rule. So if you're twice as close to your cell phone, uh, you've got about four times more radiation. And that's um, your cell phone or, or any source of, uh, of, of EMF. So the, at the very least, what you can do is stop sleeping with your cell phone next to your bed <laughs> or put it <laughs> in airplane mode. I doubt that you're going to be texting at night anyways if you're sleeping. Um, <laughs> and, that's what uh, I always say, yeah. And yeah, try to turn off your Wi-Fi at night as well. And that should cut out already uh, some source of exposure. The second advice that I give everyone uh, is the moment you get home or at the office or somewhere, wherever you're going and going to spend quite a bit of time, take your cell phone out of your pocket and put it on the table or just away from you. Uh, that doesn't prevent you from still texting, still doing everything, um, but you don't have to carry it in your pocket, which is way closer to your body than anywhere else can be. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just... Especially already by men. doing, especially for men. I mean that that applies for women as well. Especially the key difference between men and women is that, from a fertility standpoint, when we're talking about having a cell phone in your pocket, men keep on producing new sperm all the time, whereas women's oversites are created are already created at birth and are stored are stored in the ovaries. So, any sort of damage that happen on these oversites is uh, irreversible and the impact on fertility can be much worse than it is for uh, for men simply because that it cannot be reversed so especially That's for women scary. who do want to have for men or women who want to have kids um, this is something that being mindful of is 
can really make a difference. On the bright side, we have a number of lemus babies uh, <laughs> that we're happy to report. So That's we great. have about we, we have a number of people who uh, started wearing lamps because they were trying to have kids and really struggling. And the doctor suggested uh, starting wearing lamps to remove forest radiation. And within a few months of starting wearing lamps, they were able to procreate and, wow. and have a baby. So that's so um, cool. We've had uh, we've had a very touching story as well of uh, of one of our customers who I think struggled for three years before his first baby um, had to go through multiple um, IVFs, etc. And got his second baby on his first try after being a Lambs customer for, for about two years. Uh, literally oh the first gosh. month they tried, they got pregnant. And this was a huge relief wow. for, uh, for the family not to have to go through this again. So, yeah. yeah. That's, do, you, uh, do you have a wall at the office of all the baby photos? We don't, but we should. <laughs> we should start <laughs> that. Lamb babies. <laughs> I'm sure that the fertility doctors weren't even, do you think that was on their radar? Literally? Yeah. I mean, it, it starts to be, and um, we're, we're partnered with a few fertility companies that, that specialize in this. And the first thing that, uh, that, that they said to us, especially if sperm testing companies are, it's crazy. The number of men who are considered, who are classified as not infertile, but uh, not in their let's say like not super fertile, like lower, 70, lower yeah. sperm count, lower motility, that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. And about 70% of men who get their sperm tested today have a, I have a problem with, um, with regards to fertility and the, those companies when chatting with them, they're like, well, I, they believe that wireless radiation is one of the main reasons why, um, we've seen that change. And especially from a macro perspective, we've lost, as men, we've lost about 2% of fertility in the past 15 years per year. So that's about 30% less uh, fertility than, than we had uh, about 15 years ago. And obviously, there can be other, there are other factors that are playing a role. Pollution is one of them, pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of doctors nowadays think that fertility is one of the main factors um, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to male fertility issues. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah. We, we know that sperm are very susceptible to oxidative damage. So like you said, if whether it's EMFs or pesticides or pollution, all of those things are just adding up and yep. causing that. So infertility, yeah, major, major issue. So I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but for men that are already like, wait a second, what do I need to do? Can we talk <laughs> about like a shielding thing for that, for fertility specifically, how that works? Yeah, I mean, uh, so there are men who have different. Uh, when I'm uh, when I'm chatting about this, I'm seeing two types of reactions. Either okay, what do I need to do, or like okay, stuff five cell phones in my pants. I don't want any kids anytime <laughs> soon. Oh um, my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> the new birth which, control. Yeah, which I would not necessarily recommend as a, <laughs> as birth control mechanism <laughs> either. No, more seriously, this is actually why we started with them, or how we got started. Our very first product was designed for men and women who are keeping their cell phones in their pockets and it is underwear. So a little bit of backstory on, on before we, we get into the protection is the reason why we have so much EMS today in our lives is again, because these devices are communicating with one another and the EMF are the way this information is being uh, transmitted through air. And so the only way we've really found to 
protect ourselves against uh, and shield ourselves against EMF was to shield the body instead of trying to shield the phone or shield the Wi-Fi router or, or what have you. Because if we do have an effective shielding mechanism there, then your phone is just as good as being in airplane mode. It's not going to be uh, receiving any text. It's not going to be connected to the internet anymore. So if we are to block 99.9% of wireless radiation from anything, it has to be the body or all of our devices are, I mean, then you can just move to the woods and it's going to be more effective. <laughs> so the, the way we did it is by using a scientific principle called electromagnetic shielding, also known as a Faraday cage which uses a principle that is that wireless radiation cannot penetrate a mesh of conductive fibers if the size of the holes of the mesh is smaller than the wavelength of the radiation, which is a mouthful. And I'm just going to illustrate it to make it much easier. Can you say one more time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me me rather uh, do a parallel that's going to be much easier. For people who (laughs) are seeing the video, there is a grid behind me. And the size of the holes there are smaller than the size of my head. So there is about 0% chance that I'm getting getting through that fence here, given given the size of, of this fence. Now, if the holes were much bigger than my head, I could go through. Uh, but as long as it's smaller, I, I can't penetrate six fans. That's the key principle behind electromagnetic shielding. The second one, we can keep on going with the analogy of the fence. Uh, if this fence is, is three feet long and that's it, um, I can probably go around it. If it's three miles long on each side, I'm, I'm much less likely to get on the other side. And the same principle applies for electromagnetic shielding, which is you need enough surface of this conductive material to be able to um, effectively block radiation and shield whatever you're shielding. So the way we're doing it is we created a fabric, which is a proprietary fabric, um, principally made out of silver fibers, which are extremely conductive. And we're weaving these fibers in such a way that they're blocking every wireless radiation from our consumer devices. So Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 4G, 5G, cell phone, et cetera. And then we're weaving this fabric into garments that are surrounding the parts of the body that we're trying to protect. So in the instance of fertility, our underwear are made with our, I mean, actually all of our garments, they are made just with that fabric um, in order to have maximum coverage. And so we're shielding, when it comes to fertility, we're shielding the genitals, uh, especially for men then, using this special fabric and um, prevent any wireless radiation from, from reaching the said organ. Cool. Um, you have this amazing video on the website where you're showing the EMF meter and the cell phone under the men's underwear. And I guess one is just a regular pair of boxers and then yeah. you have the lambs and they put the EMF meter in the lambs and there's like pretty much zero connectivity that's happening there, which is really, really cool. So do men need a pair of boxers and women need a pair of cheeky briefs for every day of the week? Or can you have one item, like I'm wearing the t-shirt right now, that will the t-shirt extend benefits to other parts of the, the body? Obviously, it's not as much as being directly on it, but just having one piece on the body, will that help? Yeah. I mean, it's again, like uh, it's compounding, right? So um, the more protection you have, the better. Let's let's put it like uh, in perspective with uh, eating healthy or eating organic. Eating organic every Monday uh, is better than not eating organic at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, and similarly, going to McDonald's uh, once in a while is not gonna 
kill you either as long as it's uh, as long as it's uh, not too regular. So uh, it's kind of similar here. Um, I wear NAMS every day, uh, obviously, and uh, and try to wear as many pieces of clothing as I can. But I'm not stressed out uh, the days where I'm wearing another T-shirt because of X, Y, or Z reason. The benefits, uh, this is now getting into something super interesting, which is that, yes, the benefits of wearing the T-shirt do extend to the rest of the body for a multitude of reasons, um, or vice versa for the underwear or for the hat, which is that by removing or reducing an external stressor, we're able to help the body, we're able to help with your autonomous nervous system, which now we're getting into something a little bit different, but the autonomous nervous system is the balance between your sympathetic nervous response and your parasympathetic nervous response, which are also called fight and flight and rest and digest mode. So your body, I'm going to go into extreme simplification here just for the sake of this discussion, but your body is always fighting, I mean, is always being balanced between these two modes. Fight and flight is I'm being chased by a lion and I really need to get the hell out of here. And rest and digest is everything is fine. I just had a meal and I'm now uh, in recovery mode. So being in fight and flight is great when you're exercising or in very specific occasion where your body is essentially shutting down or reducing every function that is not vital for its survival. So the, you're going to have a lot of blood flow to, uh, to your gut, but uh, your eye, your vision is going to uh, get better. Your, so you're going to have a lot less uh, flow to your skin, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, your body is being tuned for performance on, uh, <laughs> on, on uh, more tasks, muscles yeah. and, uh, and specific tasks which are uh, linked with survival. Whereas um, when everything is fine, your body then is going to redirect blood flow, et cetera, to other functions that are vital, but not in the moment of being chased by a lion. So that's rest and digest. Generally, when you're not exercising, you want your body to be primarily in rest and digest uh, mode. So to have your parasympathetic nervous um, function that is that is dominant. The more stressors you have on your body, the more likely you are to activate your sympathetic nervous response, which is something is wrong and I need to be in fight and flight. The body feels that it needs to fix it. One of the best way to measure how well balanced your, your system is and if you're being stressed or not, like uh, internal stress also, by the way, works in, in activating this fight and flight mode versus the rest and digest is by major, measuring heart rate variability or HRV, uh, which a number of devices can do this. Ura Ring does it. Whoop does it. There you go, Ernie. Um, Both guys <laughs> have, yeah. We, that's our, our most measured biomarker and our favorite. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and glad so you mentioned it. The, what we found that is fascinating is that just by wearing lambs, Within 15 minutes of putting on a lamb's garment, such as the T-shirt, we're seeing a 15 to 20% improvement on our HRV. Um, the higher the HRV, the more, the more balanced the autonomous nervous system is, and so the more likely you are to be in parasympathetic dominance, and therefore in rest and digest. So it's a good indication that wireless radiation are putting a stress, uh, more stress on your body and that by removing, by wearing lamps and removing this component, we're able to uh, have our body essentially functioning and recovering better. 
That's awesome. That's so cool. My HRV was not great this morning. So I, when we hang up here, I'm going to go put my t-shirt on, put my beanie on. <laughs> Try it. Try <laughs> yeah. to do two reads of HRV Wrap and let me know what you find. That yeah. we, we, uh, we recently completed a, a study on this with a bunch of volunteers and yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's, cool. it, I think we, we had about a hundred percent of, uh, we had one exception, but, uh, on everyone else. We saw an improvement of, on average, 17 or 18 percent. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, question: I don't know if this is really uninformed, but if you were going to do uh, some kind of pulse electromagnetic frequency to affect the nervous system and HRV, something like amp coil or like pulse centers, could you do that while wearing this technology? Will those more positive waves be able to penetrate through? I'm going to be completely honest. I never research what frequencies uh, they are using. So it fully depends on on the frequency that are that is being used and whether it's in the range of frequencies that we're blocking. My gut feeling would be that it would be blocking them and that if you were to do this, you'd probably not want to be wearing your lamps. Yeah, probably need to go in and look at the exact frequencies and compare, but... I'm just imagining yeah. Renee, you're all, you're all covered up doing your your healing. I'm like, I gotta take it off to do my other things. I don't know. Right. I'm actually, I'm really <laughs> glad you asked that question because I'm picturing, yeah, to put on all my gear and then go lay on my PMF mat. But now I'm not going to do that together. That's yeah. I'm, that, I'm not sure that's going to be effective. But again, yeah. I, I haven't looked into the frequencies, so very okay. low frequencies generally. I mean, we don't, we shouldn't be blocking very low frequencies like the Earth, uh, EMF, etc. And, and these are mostly magnetic anyways, but hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't have a proper answer here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would make sense that you probably aren't, aren't blocking the, the slower frequencies. Hey, biohackers, Renee here. Just a brief interruption in today's episode to tell you about one of our favorite biohacks, and it's all about drinking wine. I personally love red wine, but anytime I drink commercial wine, it totally destroys my sleep and I feel like crap the next day. I can even see the impact on my biometrics, like on my bio strap or my aura ring, but I see increased body temperature, elevated heart rate, a major drop in heart rate variability, all really bad things that you don't want to see as far as sleep and recovery goes. So it's really just not worth it to me, even though I love the taste of wine. So once Lauren and I discovered dry farm wines, I was so excited because I felt like I could finally drink wine again. So dry farm wines offers organic biodynamic wine. It's sugar-free keto and paleo friendly. It's lower in sulfates and it's free of toxic additives. If you want to learn more about the dirty secrets behind the wine industry, especially like about the toxic additives they're throwing in there, you'd want to go back and check out episode 62, where we interviewed Todd White. He is the founder of Dry Farm Wines and gives so much great information about what's really going on with wine in the United States and why we should really be drinking safer, cleaner, healthier wines. So if you're ready to try this amazing clean wine that we love so much, Check out today's show notes for a special link where you can actually get an extra bottle with your first order for just one penny. All right. We hope you love the wine. Let's get back to the show. Question about testing some biomarkers. So you mentioned that you're not seeing this research until it's too late, until there's cancer, like significant DNA damage. Is there any testing that you're doing early on, any biomarkers you're potentially looking at that would see that we're getting that oxidative stress early on? I mean, we could look at actual oxidative stress on like a hormone test? Is there anything else that you guys are looking at specifically? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, HRV, as I said, is probably the easiest marker that you can track today that gives you a good indication of whether your body is recovering well or not. Um, the only challenge with HRV is that it, you measure it against your baseline. Um, so there is no number that is like, oh, if you get if you're at 100 milliseconds, like this is great, great HRV or not. It depends on where your baseline is. I have a super high HRV, for instance, compared to compared to most people around me, uh, and therefore I know when I'm recovered is like it might be a great HRV. Men and women uh, have different HRV numbers as well. Women tend to be lower. Doesn't mean that they're <laughs> less recovered or or anything. So that's the the limit there. But otherwise, with regards to our modern lifestyles and the type of food and exposure that we have, uh, it is very likely that we are all experiencing oxidative stress just by, you, you mentioned living in New York City, uh, the amount of pollution in the air uh, is, is obviously uh, very high. I'm in LA, uh, same thing here. The exposure to sun uh, can be very, very beneficial, especially from a vitamin D production perspective, etc. But overexposure to sun also creates oxidative stress. The fact that we're mostly sedentary, not moving as much as our ancestors did, uh, is is also something that, that creates it. So, anyways, all of this to say, don't want to sound like a doom and gloom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, we're all screwed <laughs> no i i don't think no we it's are, good motivation we're but the, the good news is like we, we can take a number of very easy steps like starting to eat uh paleo or or at least like not no processed foods and and uh no artificial uh, as little artificial food as possible get an exercise routine get some sun but put on sunscreen and or wear you know, like sun blocking apparel lambs is also you'd be a 50 plus for this reason we're uh, we're blocking apparel and yeah just by hitting hitting this you're, you're gonna be in a much uh, much healthier space already so yeah i think then for i kind of personally i view health and wellness as kind of a 360 approach where First, watch what you're putting inside your body, watch what you're exposing to your body to. Um, that's going to compound over the years to make you way less likely to develop any sort of serious disease. And then, uh, obviously, if you're experiencing any uh, symptoms of anything, then work with your doctor to solve it. But uh, the more you're changing your lifestyle to implement these little tweaks today, the less likely you are to uh, have to go through something a lot more painful uh, the day uh, the day something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something that's kind of cool about the clothing is I think any biohack that you essentially only have to do one time is easier. Like you have to eat right. well, like every, every day. day, every morning you have to wake <laughs> up, you have to think about it, you have to plan it. Right. But once you have the shirt, the underwear, the hat, I mean, obviously you have to remember to wear it, but it's just like, <laughs> it's an easier biohack than many of the other biohacks. Yeah. One more thing about the short-term, like Lauren was asking with biomarkers, are there any symptoms that are short-term that people see like yep. headaches, migraines, anything? Absolutely. So restoration have been linked with a number of short-term uh, symptoms. Brain fog is a big one that people are experiencing. Problems with cognition. So memory fatigue is, is another big one. And in some cases, uh, very severe uh, migraines. So the there is a symptom called electromagnetic sensitivity, which 
is starting to that a lot of doctors are considering a lot more seriously now, uh, which are people who are who can feel uh, wireless radiation a lot more than the average um, rest of the population. I believe it's estimated that between two to four percent of the population today is electrosensitive, meaning that the uh, short-term symptoms of wireless radiation exposure are going to be a lot stronger than for the average person. I don't suffer from this uh, typically, so but. I do know people who, when they're around wireless radiation, they'll stop having migraines um, or, or feel um, dizzy and, and fatigued. And it's, it's very interesting. Like they've, I've, I've been in situations where, um, where I've seen that, that person all of a sudden feeling, feeling poorly and we're looking up and there is a Wi-Fi router uh, just in this room that we just entered. And, and we're now standing just a, just a few feet away from it. So for, for people like this, we do have a number of clients obviously who suffer from this and they find a lot of relief in wearing lamps because, well, it's kind of, they're telling us that it's night and day for them. Um, yeah, we've had very, very touching stories actually of, uh, of people who were barely able to function properly when in buildings where, with a lot of wireless radiation, which is essentially everywhere when you're living in a big city. And uh, with lamps feeling that they're able to be back to normal and obviously, you have the for 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 people who unfortunately suffer from that. You have the stigma associated with like, oh, like, are you a tinfoil hat? Like, what's happening? And <laughs> yeah. and the beauty with lamps is that we've created a barrel that actually looks good, <laughs> and so you don't have to feel. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, I'm gonna know. wear this out. I can definitely wear this T-shirt at nighttime. Yeah. There you go. Much better than I don't know if you've ever seen that TV show, uh, Better Call Saul. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where his brother had the sensitivity, but they made him seem crazy. He, like I think he was lining his suit with aluminum foil, and yep. And, yeah, he just needed some lambs clothing. He should have gotten some lambs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, this is this is a real disease that is impacting a number of people. And uh, and that unfortunately got associated with this whole like oh you're you're crazy and 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 that's it. It turns out that uh, no, a lot of people are experiencing this. And then with regards to other factors, we've had we've had a number of clients sleeping with an roaring or a whoop or that kind of stuff, sending that sending us that data uh, from the moment they started wearing lamps, especially at night and and before and after. And there's a clear improvement in sleep quality as well from blocking wireless radiation, which again can be can be very well explained by HRV and 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 what we just discussed about rest and digest versus um, so rest and digest versus fight and flight, just by blocking wireless radiation when you're sleeping. That's one less thing that your body is being bothered by uh, when trying to uh, to recover and 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 heal. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Really cool. So. On the other side of the spectrum, the people that are not experiencing these side effects like headaches, migraines, brain fog, people that, you know, feel invincible from this stuff are not really convinced that these, these types of um, waves are affecting us. What research do we need to prove to people? I mean, it's, it seems like it's correlating with the, the rise in smoking and how that lag in the research about the dangers just came so much later. Like, and I know that we've had this research on EMFs, but why is it taking so long to come to the public? and like, what do you think it's going to take to really get this message across to the mainstream? Ah, you're dragging me into uh, the political uh, Oh, <laughs> you can go any way you um, want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll give, a, I'll give, a, uh, I'll give a, a real answer here. So the research is already there. 
Um, there's been over 30,000 studies now done on the impact on EMF. Uh, and that was the case with uh, smoking as well, where in the 1950s, uh, the research was clear on the impact on smoking. And you were still see seeing doctors on TV saying, I smoke X, Y, and Z because they're the healthiest cigarettes out there. The healthiest cigarettes. Oh, um, and, That's so crazy. <laughs> and uh, the same thing is happening here where, well, you're seeing a, a variety of things. Number one, there is a very, very powerful telecommunication lobby. Uh, which is better funded than the pharmaceutical lobby. So that kind of gives you an idea of um, how well-funded they are. There's been a lot of misinformation with the press pretty early on. And whether it was intentional or not, the parallel that was made pretty often was to compare wireless radiation with nuclear radiation, uh, which are ionizing and saying, well, Wireless radiation from your cell phone, from your Wi-Fi, etc., is not ionizing. Therefore, it's not like nuclear radiation. It's not damaging your body. And it's kind of like saying, I don't know, like uh, smoking, like uh, walking on a highway uh, is not dangerous because uh, there's no pesticides on the highway. It's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of two completely different things. You're still going to be hit by a truck. Um, <laughs> so, Good analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really not great in my analogies today, I feel, but uh, hopefully people get this. Like, oh, So no, the, the first no, analogy was, was essentially comparing apples to oranges, and it's not because yeah. it's not analyzing that, that it's not harmful, and we've just discussed at the beginning of this podcast why, I mean, how it's impacting your body and, and can damage your DNA uh, down the road through oxidative stress and through free radicals uh, that will still be seeing uh, electrons, but for a different reason. And finally, there has been a number of, of cases of uh, industry-funded research. And when you are looking at industry-funded research compared to independent research, you have a very different picture of the impact of EMF. So the rough number is 70 to 80% of the research shows an impact, shows that wireless radiation have an impact on, on our body, uh, an adverse effect on our body when it's independent research. And about 90% of the industry-funded research shows no impact whatsoever. Oh, wow. um, Money's so not interesting. Obviously, then this is being relayed to the press as to like, well, scientists are divided on the on this. Like research shows one thing, the other research shows another, so it's 50-50. But really, if you're looking at the independent research, it's actually very, very clear. It took 20 years, 30 years for uh, smoking, for, for tobacco to be something that people really are aware of. Interestingly, like a lot uh, with 5G being rolled out, that brought up the question again of how safe our wireless radiation and the uh, debate is, is started again. So people at least hear about it. But there is a very interesting article on this uh, on the subject uh, that was published in The Garden uh, called The Inconvenient Truth uh, About Cell Phone and Cancer. And it's very eye-opening on the misinformation and tactics that, that can be used in order to, and, and the reason why we, we're not hearing about this more. But there is a number of, of initiatives that are happening all over the world. When it comes to 5G, for instance, Brussels in Belgium has completely altered 5G. I believe that a couple of states uh, here uh, in the US have halted 5G de uh, deployment as well, uh, and a few cities as well in the states. Uh, one of them is Mills Valley in California, and it's the home of a lot of venture capitalists working in tech. I find it always interesting that 
tech <laughs> enthusiasts yeah, they don't want it. for uh, 5G not to be deployed in their city. That kind of gives you an idea as well of the perception of the technology. Um, yeah. So a number of things are happening. Uh, in France, you cannot advertise a cell phone to any kid, any teenager less than 14 years old because of the impact on kids is, is much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyprus has a whole campaign around this uh, that that is that has been going on for a couple of years now, so yeah, um, it's it's going to be changing. It's going to take uh, it's going to take some time, uh, but fortunately, we have people like uh, the biohacker babes who <laughs> can <laughs> help uh, spread awareness on on the topic. So that's uh, yeah, that's, trying to help. That's a positive there. The it's a big deal. It's really a big deal. Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll definitely find that article and link to that in the show notes so everyone can check that out. I think the more you see the research the more you just can't really argue what's happening. Yeah, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, there's yeah. been a there's been a number of scientists, I believe over 300 scientists who've been together together published thousands of papers on the impact of virus radiation who appealed to the United Nations saying, "Hey, based on the research that we've done, there needs to be more awareness on wireless radiation and the impact on its body." Uh, it's called the EMF scientific appeal. Uh, EMS scientist appeal, sorry. Uh, and yeah, they've really um, rang the, the alarm bell saying this there is a problem here and we should be talking about it. Fortunately, again, like there are a few very easy steps that we can take today that can directly have an impact on our lives and that are one-offs. So buying a timer for your uh, Wi-Fi so it shuts off at night, turning your cell phone in airplane mode when you're going to bed, wearing lamps. These are all super easy steps that... Uh, that people can take and 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 protect themselves. Yeah, that's great. Where did the name come from? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great question. Well, <laughs> we spent. I think we went through. We definitely went through over a hundred iterations of the fabric to get to a point where the fabric would be soft and comfortable to wear and just as good as any other fabric in in in, in your in your garment selection. When talking about, I mean, obviously it's new. We were the world's first radiation proof apparel, so. Uh, a lot of people, when we when we started working on this, were like, "Well, is it comfortable though? <laughs> if you're using silver and creating this like shielding effect, uh, like how comfortable is it?" And so we wanted a name that that inspired that 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 kind of conveyed this idea of comfort because we really worked super hard to get there, as well as uh, had a little bit of protection to it. So if you're looking at the lamps, uh, they have this coat uh, that protects them in a very comfortable way and uh, that's kind of the same thing with uh, with your lamb's garments is their protection that is uh, stylish and uh, and very comfortable I love that awesome and just because of the high uh, correlation with fertility I think it's just really great picturing lamb's babies really cute. yeah that's yeah. very true I never thought about this actually but uh, <laughs> there is this gotta ball. start the lamb's baby um, wall but okay. for for any vegans uh, who might be listening, no lambs were hurt in <laughs> the process of making lambs, and we are Good not using we are not using any lambs anywhere in our or any lambs uh, product. Just the anywhere, name in no. the picture. Just the name in the picture. That's all we're doing. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. I love. So the you name. have a range of products available on the website. You have for men, women. You have boxers cheeky underwear for women you have cool hats t-shirts you even have for babies a baby blanket a baby onesie a belly band for pregnant women is there anything i'm missing no i think you've covered most of it so we interestingly i mean we're 
we've never considered ourselves to be a fashion brand or, or even a, a clothing company. We're really more of a health and wellness company. And so the design process of like, okay, which uh, garments are we going to be working on uh, next or first um, has really been very different from, from these companies, which in the sense that we first looked at what are the organs that are most impacted by uh, wireless radiation and by the sun as well, which again, we're, we're blocking, we're UBF 50, so we blocked 90 more than 98% of, of the sun uh, UV rays. And so we, we, we went this way. And so brain was obviously super important. The T-shirts uh, would allow to protect your gut, uh, your heart, and your vital organs. And then obviously the underwear for your genitals. And yeah, we were like, okay, we can probably wait for the socks. <laughs> you know, it's a lot less important than, yeah. uh, than, than these organs. So that's kind of how we went. And then the second piece of this was, okay, what different uh, sorts of iterations of the product that we need so that we can wear them uh, every day. And, and that's why we have long sleeves, short sleeves. Some people, I mean, depending on the climate that you're living in, uh, as well as, as the, the different habits. And then we have rotating colors. So uh, unlike me right now, you don't want to be wearing a black t-shirt on a regular basis. We have color drops roughly every once or twice a month. We're still a small company, so we can't afford to have uh, dozens of colors because all of this is inventory that we need to purchase in advance and we don't have a ton of money. But uh, the way we are, we've kind of fixed it is by regularly bringing new colors that are uh, on a limited edition basis. And that kind of allows people to, yeah, to switch it up and, and spice it up. So for anyone who is interested in more colors, uh, join our mailing list and, uh, and you'll be the first uh, in the know when, uh, when we're bringing out new colors. Awesome. I that's love the mustard yellow that you have for the women's t-shirt right now. I think that's such a cool color. Yeah. It's, well, if it's not gone already, it might be. Uh, oh, by the time uh, the, the podcast is, uh, <laughs> is aired. But uh, yeah, by the time that this podcast comes out, that color will be gone. But probably, but okay, we have a lot, it. we have a ton of, of cool colors in, in the making as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, wonderful. Great. It's really exciting. I mean, I've seen the product line grow since we first were exposed to you guys. There's so many new things. So congratulations. I think it's going to keep going in that way. And we're excited to be along for the ride. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We're, uh, we've got a long list of products in the making. And similarly, if you do end up, for people listening, if you do end up purchasing some lamps, you'll receive an email from me uh, shortly after your order. It's an actual email from me uh, that goes to my inbox. And we're, we're asking you what else um, we can do to help you uh, on your health journey and how, and, and that really helps us guide process, the development process afterwards. So don't hesitate to reply and to have a chat with me. Uh, this is, we awesome. really built this brand for, for people who are wearing it. And so we're super happy to have our customers involved in, uh, in the design process and, and development process um, at every stage. That's great. I can't wait to keep adding to my collection. So. <laughs> thank you for thank you for all you do. And for anyone listening, um, we'll send you to the website in the show notes today. So getlambs.com. And you are also on Instagram and Facebook at getlambs. So we are. People can connect with you. That's great. Well, Arthur, before we let you run, we always like to ask one final question. If you can give our audience one final piece of advice, something they can do starting today to optimize their health and wellness. Hmm. What would that be? <laughs> Other than wearing lambs, <laughs> one bit, yeah. I mean, I, I was not about to say wear lambs. That that would have been that would have been. Cheeky. I know that's um, my job to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> one piece of advice, you know, I found 
couple of things uh, to be, and I know it's one piece of advice, but I'm actually going to say two things that for me are always making a big difference. I found that the moments where I'm the most tired and the less, the, the more likely to not follow my my routine or to eat unhealthy, etc. Just a quick workout has always worked on bring me back. Like a quick workout outside in the sun has always worked on like getting me back to the top of my game because I feel amazing afterwards. In those cases, there is nothing that I want to do less than working out. But when I do force myself, uh, it, it, it's really it's really amazing how, how it changes. Great. The second the second thing that really worked for me when setting new routines that are not necessarily as easy as just putting on your lens in the morning, which might be about uh, working out or writing my morning journal or that kind of stuff, um, meditating, etc., is um, whenever I set myself a goal uh, for this routine of like, let's say, I want to be, I'm rowing every morning and I want to be rowing 15 minutes and I, I feel like I can do 15 minutes every morning. I'll cut this goal in half and this is what I'm aiming for as a minimum. So now it's not 15 minutes, it's seven and a half minutes. And more often than not, I'm going to do the 15, but that allows me for all those days where I'm not motivated. Same for meditation. If it's like, I'm going to meditate 20 minutes per day. Uh, I'm going to say, well, actually the goal is 10 minutes per day. And that makes it much easier to have like this kind of half goal. And also the moment you're setting your objectives, you're motivated. So it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, 20 minutes, easy, no problem. And then when you're in the midst of it, you're like, actually, I really don't want to do 20 minutes today. So anyways, slashing my goals in half has probably been the best things for my goals. And I probably end up doing uh, twice as much as as I would otherwise. Uh, So that's another... Another one that really worked for me is don't not to be over over promising to myself. And yeah, yeah, I feel much better about this. I love that advice. I think 10 minutes for meditation sounds really doable. And I know when I do the same half the goal and then I get to 10 and then the competitive nature of me goes, I can do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're already think, in it. Why not? Yeah. yeah, you're in it, but it's a lot easier to get started. Um, totally. Totally. Then you feel like, okay. Two hours rowing. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> no. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll do yeah. that tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe. <laughs> That's great practical advice. I'm going to definitely follow that. I love it. Well, Arthur, you're an amazing biohacker. It's so great connecting with you. You obviously prioritize your health and wellness, and we just absolutely resonate with that and love it so much. So thank well, you for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. That was a ton of fun. And uh, again, thanks so much for bringing awareness to the rest of the world and on a variety of things that you can easily do to improve your health and be live longer and happier. That's, uh, that's amazing. Thanks so much, yes. guys. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. And we're going to send everyone to your website, Get Lambs. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.